0: And just how bad was it? Uh, it's so bad I'm recording this episode, and the game is not yet over. There's still a couple minutes left to go, <clears throat> and the Avalanche uh, will lose this one. Hopefully it stays at 8-3, to three. Uh, but the 15-game point streak comes crashing to a halt in easily the Avalanche' worst performance of the season. So we will talk about it. Uh, and we will also talk about the Islanders-Devils trade and how that affects the Avalanche and really the whole landscape of the NHL. So we'll get to all that stuff. But first things first, follow the show on social media outlets, on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche, on Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche, and send questions, comments, if you have concerns, Send them to avalanche at gmail.com. I don't have concerns. Uh, games like this are going to happen. And, you know, the, the Minnesota Wild, give them a ton of credit. They, they did play a good game. Um, <clears throat> they needed to come out and really kind of play a game against the Avalanche that they hadn't played yet in a while. The Avalanche have, have really dominated Minnesota. So you and you know, and, and until the team that's getting dominated uh, turns it around and gets a win, they are going to fight like heck to get that win against you. And that's part of what happened last night. Minnesota did play a good game, uh, coupled with Colorado's worst performance of the season. And, and that's what's going to happen. Philip Rubauer gets pulled uh, after seven goals. Jonas Johansson gets put in once again, lets in a goal on his first shot. Uh, And it's just the Avalanche gave up, uh, I think, three power play goals. I'm going to bring up the the stats here, but I think three power play goals to the worst uh, power play unit in four of them. Four out of five Minnesota got. And they are the worst team on the power play in the NHL. And the Avalanche, supposedly, have the second best, I'm sure that that will come crashing down a couple spots. Uh, they have the, actually they have the second best penalty kill in the league. So it was an ugly game from from the beginning. The, the first period had zero flow whatsoever. The wild were up three to nothing. Uh, I think the first period alone took in real time almost an hour. I think it was like fifty one or fifty two minutes that it actually took, uh, and that's just because just uh, it was just a, a I don't know it was a bizarre first period. Minnesota jumped on Colorado early, uh, and they had a three to nothing lead, and the Avalanche looked horrible. They looked horrible in the first. And uh, let me see what their... um, Their shots on goal in the first was four. Four shots on goal. A lot of that was Minnesota. They played a a good defensive game. Um, And you almost wanted the first period just to get over with. So the Avalanche could get in, reset, make some adjustments, and come out like they did in the first game against Minnesota and score four in the second. They didn't score four, but they came out right out of the box again. uh, They scored three in the second, but Minnesota scored two. And Nathan McKinnon, I think uh, the, the previous game scored 18 seconds into the second period. This time he scored 34 seconds into the second period. So you get that one, and you're feeling really good, and okay, okay, I can turn this thing around, but Minnesota came back, got that one back, And then uh, Burakovsky and Rantanen score. So, all right. Again, you're feeling this game's not over. Still a lot of game left to be played. When Rantanen scored his, it was about uh, halfway through the second. So you're halfway done with the game. And um, it's, you know, what the Avalanche can do offensively, you feel pretty good. We've talked about this a lot. Uh, You know how the Avalanche can just turn it on, and the game is not over. And then things just got out of hand. (laughs) Things got out of hand on the ice. Uh, Apparently, off of the ice, the Avalanche were called for a bench penalty, uh, which I have not really seen this called before. It was after an icing. And it is a penalty. Um, Clearly, obviously, the the team who ices the puck, that unit has to stay out on the ice if you try to... Uh, slot in a player that is on the bench, it is a penalty. Um, it usually doesn't get called because the refs are managing that. The refs are out there saying, because guys are going to go back onto, onto the bench before the icing is called. Puck could be scooting down the ice and a line change is going to be made just in case the icing is waved off. Uh, and then when it's not, ref usually goes over, says that was an icing. You get back out there. You get back out there. So that's why it doesn't get called a lot because the refs are in charge of it. <clears throat> so I don't know if the the Avalanche were trying to get one over on the refs, if they were warned to not do it, and they continued to do it. If that's the case, then they absolutely deserve the penalty. Uh, we'll hear from. I'm sure Jared Bednar will be asked about it. Uh, What answer he gives, we don't know yet, obviously. Or, I mean, if you're listening to this on uh, Thursday, you can go back and listen to it. But as I'm recording this, I don't know what he has said about it. And that one hurt because Minnesota scored on that power play. As they did almost every power play they had. Here's the, the crazy thing. The Minnesota Wild scored eight goals, right? So you would think they they would have, in comparison, the Colorado Avalanche had 32 shots on goal. And when a team scores eight goals, uh, you would think they'd be in that realm as well. No. The Minnesota Wild had a whopping 19 shots on goal. (laughs) When you look at it, Philip Grubauer uh he say he had 18 shots thrown at him. Johansson only had one. Philip Grubauer saved 11 out of 18 shots. That is a 0. 0.611 save percentage. I'm not throwing any shade at Philip Grubauer. I I he, he has been spectacular this year. He is awarded a screw up every once in a while, but it's not just him. Uh this team was flat. They were flat right out of the gate. <clears throat> they did get some legs in the second. Uh, but this is where you have to give a lot of credit to Minnesota. They didn't back down. They they saw what happened to them in game one. They got up in game one. And then a, a flurry of goals by the avalanche. So they knew it could happen because it just happened to them. And they shut it down. They didn't let it happen again. And it was on the verge of doing that. But uh, they didn't let it happen so you got to give them credit. Uh Kaprizov is a an animal. Uh not going to like playing against that guy for the next decade plus. He he is uh, an exceptional exceptional hockey player. <clears throat> um two goals and assists for him. Kevin Fiala with a hat trick. Um you know, they they were just the better team tonight. Um and we'll talk about this point streak coming to an end, and why I'm happy it ended this way. And you know you have to look for a silver lining and everything. Why this is a good thing for the Avalanche? It is a good thing. So we'll talk about all that stuff uh, after we hear from our friends at Bet Online. And betonline.ag, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over, obviously. NCAA March Madness is over. But the NBA, Major League Baseball, and NHL are in full swing. You can even place your bets on award shows, television shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. And you can do so over at their website, or use your mobile device, and when you sign up, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. It's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so clearly this is not the way you wanted a 15-game point streak to end. Uh, Like I said, as I'm recording this, it's, the game is over, by the way, and it it did finish 8-3. So I'm really interested to hear sound bites coming from the players in post-game press conferences. Um, I I think you know what you're going to get from them. Just, you know, wasn't our day. We didn't have it. They were the better team. But I think from, you know, uh, maybe more of a fan side of it, you want to see something like a 15 game point streak. Um. continue. And <clears throat> honestly, I, I would rather it end this way than a heartbreaker, you know, um, last minute goal like we had with Kale McCarr not that long ago, because uh, those are the ones that are crushing. Th- those are the ones that you, you know, you were right there on keeping it going. Uh, but for this, you knew that you could come to terms with the point streak ending early on while the game is going. And it kind of just makes it a little bit easier to overcome rather than that, like I said, that last minute goal, or even if the, if the game was heading into overtime and you can at least continue the point streak and then the other team just gets a, a you know a scrappy goal to end it with 30 seconds left. That you know, let's be honest, like the feeling of that happening would would be crushing right now. But this okay, I got over the fact that this point streak is is not going to continue uh with maybe 15 minutes left in the third period. So, uh by the time I recorded this, I was uh, come to terms with it. Point streak is over and done with. Let's move on from it or start a new one. That would be ideal. But I think because not only did it happen this way, um, and it happened in grand fashion, I mean, you gave up eight goals. The Avs don't really do that often where they give up that much. And I'm not just talking about this year. It hasn't really happened all that much. They've been a pretty solid team for the past few years um, and not letting games get out of hand. But it happens. It happens to every single team uh, and the way the team has been playing, was there a little bit of we're untouchable and, you know, we can just put this thing on cruise control? I don't want to go that far. But because it happened this way and Minnesota really punched you in the mouth, that's going to tick this team off. That's going to tick this Avalanche team off because they just got embarrassed. And when everybody's looking at, you know, the hottest team in the league, uh, possibly continuing this, you know, impressive point streak. And then they go check their phones tomorrow morning to, to just maybe check in on the Avalanche. Hey, did the Avalanche uh, continue that point streak? Oh my God, they didn't. What the heck happened in that game? Uh, so there's some, there's some embarrassment to be had right now. And that's a good thing. This is a good thing because now you can always remember. Now you know you can't go uh, in and just skate through and sail through. And again, I'm not saying that's what this Avalanche team did. I think Minnesota really rose to the occasion. Uh, but the Avalanche need to know that they're going to get that effort from other teams every single night now. Because now you've risen up in the standings to where everybody thought you were going to be. And now, like, that effort from the opposing team is what you're going to get. And I have no doubt the Avalanche are up for it. They're usually up for it every every night. But there's no rhyme or reason to why these things happen. They happen in all sports. Baseball, you get those games that get out of hand, and it's 18 to 2. Uh, it happens in basketball, where a team gets blown out by 25, 30 points when they were the favorite. It happens in football. It happens all over the place. And I think we just need to, you know, for for anybody that's out there, that's like, oh, is this, you know, is this is something that, you know, we need to be concerned about? Did the Minnesota Wild, you know, expose a weakness for the avalanche? No, I think maybe the only weakness that was exposed was We definitely need a backup goalie. And I'm not saying, you know, Jonas Johansson can't play in the NHL, but the Avalanche need, they need to shore up that position. They can't have questions about it. And Johansson is a question right now. So uh, does that happen? Does Does a deal for something get made? I don't know, but my gut is telling me yes, and I think the Islanders and Devils move for Kyle Palmieri yesterday might get other teams moving a little bit quicker uh, when it comes to trades. So let's talk about that right after we hear from rockauto.com. And choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. Com. Okay. So Devils and Islanders make a trade. Devils giving up Kyle Palmieri as well as Travis Zajac. Islanders bringing in uh our old our old buddy AJ Greer and Mason Jost um as well as a first round pick in 2021 and a fourth round pick in 2022. So I'm not going to go into who made out. Actually, if you want to hear that, go over to Locked on NHL because I hosted, uh, usually Adam is with me, but I hosted Locked on NHL solo today because he had to work. Um, So, and I do get into it a little bit more. So if you really do care who I think won, quote unquote, this trade, uh, listen to that episode that is out now. Um, but the, the main thing here is a deal was made and sometimes this is what happens. Uh, something, something gets thrown out there and a trade happens and two, two teams make a deal. And then that kind of jumpstarts, uh, the, the trade market. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, there's uh, the, the, Teams are not going to wait until trade deadline day to make a deal because those players might have to wait uh, a quarantine time to play. So you're going to want to make the deal earlier to get as many games as possible with your newly acquired player. And sometimes, like I said, uh, all it takes is one. And then people are like, okay, season's open uh, for trades. Let's Let's do it. Are the avalanche there? I talked about this either last week or a couple weeks ago, it's going to be tough because, again, when you look at these deals, what is being given up? For this one, anyway, it was two players and two picks. Now, the thing that you could kind of hang your hat on for the Avalanche here is uh, the Devils were willing to take in a fourth-round pick for next year, and that's what the Avalanche are going to have to do. They can't keep giving up their picks from you know this next draft they don't have a lot left they have a a first a third a fifth and a seventh um i don't see them giving up a first round pick i really don't unless it's for some you know player that they might not lose when the the season is over um and i we know that joe sakic likes his prospects and there's very few that he wants to part with but anything is possible. The, I think the, the one move the Avalanche would maybe make a, make some risky moves for would be a goalie um, and a backup goalie. If you're going to acquire a backup goalie, you're not going to be required to give up a first-round pick. So I know, you know teams never want to give those up. And I think what the Avalanche are in the market for uh, wouldn't require to give up a first-round pick. And what the Avalanche are in the market for is a backup goalie, so that might be later round picks. And if you can get away with giving them up for next year, so you're not just giving up the farm for uh, all your draft picks for this coming draft, then maybe you do something. Uh, but I do, I think, because you've seen, you know, a a big trade. I mean, this is a big, big domino that's fallen in the trade market. You might start seeing more starting today and are the avalanche in on that uh i don't maybe again looking for silver linings maybe jonas johansson coming in to replace philip grubauer not that by the time he came in he was not expected to you know hold everything down so the avalanche can make a comeback the game was over by the time he came in but again him giving up a goal on the first shot doesn't look good for you. So maybe by that happening, Joe Sakik is looking at that and saying like, well, I wasn't anticipating him playing tonight, but he did. And then once again, he gave up a goal on his first shot. We need to address this. So maybe something happens a little bit quicker. Uh, and when I say quicker, it was going to happen quickly anyway, because it needs to happen by next week with the trade deadline. But uh, I'm almost guaranteeing you Joe Sakic is working the phones uh, shortly after that game was over or maybe even while it was still going on. So uh, it'll be an interesting trade deadline. We will see how it all pans out and I think it's going to happen relatively quickly because you're going to want those players that you're acquiring to play as many games as possible. So why wait to the deadline? Deals will get made on the deadline, no doubt. But I think the the bigger moves will start happening now, so, well, I think that's going to be a wrap for today. Everybody, uh, everything's OK. The Avalanche are still an excellent, excellent team. Uh, we don't need to, you know, put anybody's feet to the fire or fire up the burning coals. Uh, abs are right. And I, and I think they are going to want to come out flying in this next game. Against Anaheim, uh, not necessarily means that they're just going to, you know, score the first shift, but you will see them play a much, much better game. And I don't think Jared Bednar needs to say much to them. You know, he said during their COVID pause, like he didn't really call anybody because he really didn't need to. Uh, he knows his team. He knows he has a good team. I don't think he needs to do this epic Rudy pep talk to them to get them to start playing. Nathan McKinnon will handle that. Gabe Landeskog will handle that. Uh, He just needs to uh, get back behind the bench and, and coach the next game, and they need to get back out on the ice and play the next game. That's the best thing about this season, is you don't have to wait three or four days to atone this loss. Take a day off, let it sit, let it fester in your mind, and then you get back out there on Friday and uh, prove that that was just a fluke, which I think we all believe it definitely was. But it, you don't, you never want to lose like that because now I'm going to have to hear it from my friends like, oh, what's going on with the avalanche? Like nothing's going on with the avalanche. We're good. Um, and you can put this behind you quickly. Day off, back in on the ice, get back to work, start a new streak. So that will be it for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. It's always appreciated. And we will see everyone tomorrow. We will be doing our Locker Room show. Uh, if you have an iPhone, download the Locker Room app. Follow the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Yep. And then when I create a room, you'll get a notification. It'll go up on Facebook. When the room goes live, you can talk to other Avalanche fans in the chat room in there and join the show and chat it up with me live so that will be tomorrow at 9 30 eastern time and uh yeah it's fun i've been doing it for a few weeks now so download the app create an account follow the show all right everybody have a good day abs are okay we'll see you tomorrow here's jovi go abs go